You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 797 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you live on a Wednesday evening into Thursday morning. And today's show is brought to you by the good folks at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. If you are joining us for the first time today, welcome. If you are a returning listener, also welcome. And uh, please be sure to check out our show from yesterday with Tyler Jones of ATL on 29. Tyler is back today for sort of a part two. In part one of sorts yesterday, we talked about the NBA bubble, some non-Hawks talk, some playoff talk in the West and in the East, uh, as well as some fallout from the reporting that the Hawks may not be participating at all in a second bubble or off-season activities of any kind. So check that out. It was a lot of fun to discuss that with Tyler. We have plenty more coming up on today's show with Tyler, including some NBA draft talk headlined by Isaac Okoro and Anthony Edwards, Devin Vassell. Much, much more, so check out. It's coming very, very shortly. I do want to take a second, though, before we get to that, to remind you to check out the Locked On Podcast Network. It is always a fun time to be involved with the network, but with sports back, plenty going on, including Locked On NBA, Locked On NFL, uh, Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd, Locked On Falcons with Aaron Freeman, all kinds of shows to check out. Of course, this is the one that you uh, have to check out the most. (laughs) I do do say selfishly, but go ahead and subscribe to this podcast in addition to a bunch of others. Leave five-star feedback, tell a friend, etc., etc., Okay, without further delay, I will get to my conversation with Tower Jones momentarily, but first, a word from the good folks at rockauto.com. With the increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for chain stores to stock all the car and truck parts that you need, so why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait forever while the person behind the counter orders the same parts on the computer, choosing only the parts and the brands that the warehouse happens to carry. Instead, you have access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. It's a much, much better option. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, rockauto.com has everything you need, just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Chain stores have different price tiers for pro mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but at rockauto.com, prices are the same for everybody and they're always the lowest prices possible. The rockauto.com catalog is also very easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specs, and the prices that you prefer. RockAuto.com is for everybody. It does not require membership or an account login of any kind. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you spend twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. From there, you want to write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, Tyler, we're back. It's part two. We're still recording. We're going to hard pivot because I. Uh, it's been a while. The NBA draft lottery is like two weeks away right now as we're talking. And uh, time Get to check excited. in. Time to check in. I- I've noticed some tweets from you on guys you've been watching more often. Uh, a couple notes. But uh, I'm going to open the floor to you. Is there anyone you want to talk about? And if you don't say the guys that I have on my list, I'll still ask you about them later. But I'm going to give you the floor to discuss anyone you want to. Obviously, we've talked a lot about like Lamelo and Ant and other guys in the past, but uh, anybody catching your eye in the last uh, I don't know several weeks since we've been well, talking? I think we can we can talk about um, Lamelo and Ant. Uh, we don't need if to. You're on podcast. <laughs> no, if you're a podcast only person, just in the sense that because when I came on before, I was like, yeah, draft Lamelo, and you know, it'll work. The more I think about it, the I think the thing that changed is that Anthony Edwards is super talented. Um, and you probably – it's so weird to say you have to take Anthony Edwards if you get the number one overall pick, but it, doesn't it feel like they kind of have to take him just because if he hits, you know, he fits what a lot of the Hawks need? Um, I, yeah. I know people – and here's – here, Right, here's the thing. I'm like, people are like, you know, they, you know, his bad reminds everybody about Deion Waiters, but I'm like, you know, when Deion Waiters is motivated and in shape and, you know, playing alongside LeBron James, Deion Waiters is pretty good. Uh, you know, he's a pretty good <laughs> basketball player for the Heat. You yeah, know, Deion's got talent. I mean, when, when Deion was right, when he was in shape and everything, uh, he was a, a useful player, to be sure. I mean, to your, to your question, 
do I think they have to take him? Uh, I don't think they have to, but I've said this before. I mean, I think it's by far the easiest, like, turn your brain off and just take the guy who makes the most sense pick for the Hawks. Well, I'll put, I'll put it this way, in the sense that you're probably not going to take LaMelo because of all the things you said. Plus, Anthony Edwards is super talented. And, like, yeah, if this was, if this was, like, Anthony Edwards is the type of talent who would always go in the top five. Um, in any draft, typically, like he is a top five talent regardless of the talent in the draft. Uh, so it's you know just because the draft is weak at the top doesn't mean that you know you know Anthony Edwards isn't super talented. He is clearly super talented, and his shot yeah. making is legit. And like that's something that, and I mean even. I think what I what I saw more of Edwards was his defense. I'm like, I mean, when he gives a shit, he reminds me a lot of Drew Holiday when he cares and he's in his stance and he moves his feet. It's like That's he's rare, locking though. dudes up. <laughs> That's very rare, I, by like, the way. Yeah, but like he didn't care. Like he didn't care. Like it's hard to it's hard to not watch him play and be like, okay, he didn't give a crap at Georgia and. And here's my here's my real point with Anthony Edwards. Those can go two ways. Like I saw Zion give a shit every second he was on the floor at Duke, on both ends of the floor. I watch him now; he looks like an, a completely different basketball player. Like even before even before the break, like he's a completely different dude than the, the basketball player me and you saw at Duke. Like that guy has not shown up a single minute uh, playing for the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, like we, we can say we can argue why that is or why that isn't, but like clearly something changed for the worst for him as a basketball player. Ben Simmons, when he was at uh, LSU, didn't give a rat's ass about anything. Correct. Um, it showed clearly on the film. He gets to the Sixers. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA, um, notwithstanding what he's done in the bubble. But you know, this year for great. sure. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been incredible on defense and like you know it's it and the, it, it's more than it's more guy it's like it's more than just those two guys like it, this my, has been my only my only rebuttal with the one and done yeah i mean my, my only rebuttal of that rebuttal of that would be that edwards had a bit of the rep of not having the greatest motor even in high school like this is not a new thing whereas you know simmons is the most glaring example of someone who just did not want to be in college and did it because he needed to do something and play. Edwards had this question before he got to Georgia and just didn't make it any better. Like it was, and it, I know it's, I'm with you actually. I'm, I actually agree with you that it can be overblown and often is overblown because we've seen guys get to the NBA and turn it on because they know they have to turn it on. My only pushback would be that we don't know that he will. And if he doesn't turn it on effort wise and just, you know, functional and being being tied into the game mentally that is not gonna work out very well like he can still be a good player even without it but the stuff that drives you crazy on film it's not a given to just stop when he gets to the nba would be my only counter even though i even though i actually agree with you that's fair i i'll just add for the last piece uh you know cam reddish had a similar rep in high school he did that's true he gets to do he gets to do and he's put in a situation where he's not the number one guy, and he's had he has to figure out what to impact the game, you know, without the ball in his hands. And you know, he didn't do a good job of it on offense, but on defense, he was pretty good at Duke. And then he yep. got even better in Atlanta. And so, like, Agreed. if he comes to the Hawks, he's not going to be the guy. Not only that, he's not even going to be. He might not even start right on this team with the amount of talent on it. I mean, if if he does, if he does, if he starts, I was gonna say, if he starts, it's because of PR, not not. not I mean, if he starts, he's gonna get the Keith Bogan. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Uh, unless unless he show he proves that he earns those starter minutes, right? Which would be a good thing. One of my Uh, things with Edwards is that I and I've said this before. I'm sure people are tired of me saying it, but that's why I like him in Atlanta as someone who covers the draft, you know, beyond Atlanta. If I'm his agent, I'd love him to go to the Hawks. And that might sound strange because he might be able to go to Detroit or go to New York and be the number one guy. But I think long term, the best thing that could possibly happen to Anthony Edwards is not being the number one option. 
and coming to a team with Trey Young and having that I pressure mean, off him and all that stuff and like being able to just do stuff that he's capable of doing because honestly I don't think Anthony Edwards is going to be a number one option in the, in the NBA anywhere so if you just say that if, and that's not a shot at him like most guys aren't like there are guys who here's an example that is often used about Anthony Edwards is like a guy like Zach Levine like Zach Levine is a number one option in Chicago he's done a you know a capable job doing that but as long as he's a number one option you're not winning anything he's still a good player yeah but if he's your number if you're if he's your number one guy you're absolutely not going to win at a high level anyway edwards i'm not saying he's exactly like zach levine but that i could see him kind of being that archetype where if, if he's your guy he's going to get his 25 points but you're probably not going to win anything but if he's your number two guy now we're talking maybe I don't know. That's that's too simplified, and I'm, I'm not trying to make it a negative thing because I still think he's really talented. But that's my general read, like very broadly on Edwards, is that put him put, put him next to Trey, and he could unlock the stuff that he, that, I, that I actually do like about him in a way that he may not be able to if he's got to have a thirty percent usage rate. And beyond that, um, like for the first time in his career, he's going to have to fight, uh, yeah. to play. Like if he comes to Atlanta. He's going to have to fight to prove that he belongs on the court because the Hawks are trying to win games now. And so... The P-word is being used. It has been used since uh, February. The P-word next year. I mean, and again, it it should be when when you have three guys as good as Trey Young, John Collins, and Clint Capella are in the NBA, you're a playoff team. Like, you just are. You know... And so, like, the Hawks... Like... He, he's going to be coming into an environment where they're going to be trying to win every game. Like they're going to, they're going to not only would they potentially draft Anthony Edwards, they're going to sign more guys who are going to take minutes from him. And he's just going to have to fight his butt off to prove that he belongs on the floor. And like, you know, the hope is that that leads him to do, to work on the things that he needs to work on, which is his defense, um, which he has the talent to be a great defender. And then also, you know, catch and shoot three pointers, which he's he was pretty bad at at Georgia. But I mean, the shot looks, you know, it just looks like like a lot of the tape. The more I watch, I'm like, is he just bored out there because he's so talented? <laughs> like, maybe. I mean, because he he kind of is, but like now, you know, he, you know, he if if he's lax in any aspect, you know, Pierce is just gonna pull him because Pierce is fighting for his job. Uh, you know, you know, Pierce is fighting for his job. Trey Young's fighting for his reputation. John Collins is fighting for his contract. Like these guys don't—they're not trying. They don't care if you're the number one overall pick or you're from Atlanta, Georgia. You went to UGA, the local school, and you got all these. Like they don't give a rat's ass about that. Like John Collins is trying to get his money. John Collins <laughs> trying to show that he's an all-star caliber basketball player. Trey Young is tired of being told that he's not a winner. Agreed. Like that, he he doesn't he doesn't like winning. Like he the way he plays doesn't you know doesn't constitute a winning basketball. He's not a winning basketball player. Like he's tired of hearing crap like that. Like he like his his numbers are empty. Like his game is empty. Like it's just flash. There's no substance. Like Trey Young was so angry clearly that he said some things he probably shouldn't have said sometime in like November of last season. Like, just November. Like, the season starts in October, guys. Like, so, <laughs> I, like, Anthony Edwards going win. into that. Anthony Edwards going in that environment where, you know, Cam Reddish, who was an all-world, you know, high school prospect, you know, he, he last year he was just a guy. And he had to fight. Cam Reddish had to fight, you know, to get good. And that's what Edwards is going to have to do. Like, he, or he he's just not going to play. Like, unlike Cam, Cam had the freedom to fail like like uh edward's not gonna have that freedom yep and so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if, I totally if, agree. if they get the number one overall pick but you right. know, I, i'm with you ideally they get it and they find a trade package you know that's worth it and get my boy isaac okoro that's okay so let's let's about. go let's go there now i mean we've, we've discussed him a little bit obviously edwards is only in the mix if they get number one or number two. I think he's going to be gone at number two, almost certainly. Um, so more realistically, you know, the Hawks could bop up there. They have a decent chance to do it, but obviously the majority of the time they'll be picking somewhere between, you know, three and seven, four and seven. 
and that's where you get into the range of other guys. You mentioned Okoro. Is he still the guy that you like the most in that range, or have you uh, had anybody rise to meet him on that same level? I mean, I so the thing, because the, the only other guy is our Vassell and Denny Avia. Yep. I, you know, I like Avia as a basketball player, but his lack of, like, really to me, his lack of a left hand is a real problem. Like, even beyond the shooting, everybody's worried about the shooting. I'm like, I think he can be an okay shooter, but not somebody who's, like, I don't think Danilo Gallinari's in his future. No. That kind of lower, that lowers him as a prospect. But beyond that, he has zero left hand. And I don't know, I just saw DeAndre Hunter just his entire game just be taken away because team, teams realize he doesn't have a left. And he's going to get in the NBA. Teams are going to take away that right hand of Avia's. And, like, I just don't know what his counter is going to be. Um, you know, I think I think he's actually going to be a pretty decent defender, though. Uh, he's, he's a good – like, he's a good – I'm confident saying, like, I feel like Danny Avia has enough talent to be good. But for where the Hawks are drafting – I, I don't know. And then Vassell, he's just boring. He, might, mean, okay, he might okay. end up being here, – here's, here's my thing. Like, honestly, I, I, You're right. tried to, Brad, I tried to watch a game, and I'm like, oh. No, here's the thing about Vassell. Just, okay, I'm glad you watched so him. so un, un, unexciting. Like, I'm glad you watched him. That, that's one of the biggest reasons why people don't like him as much as he is boring. And also, I will say part of that is Florida State, and I really appreciate Leonard, Leonard Hamilton and – the way and the and the way that he does his job, he's very good at his job. Florida State's been good for a long time now, but that team is really hard to watch from an NBA draft perspective. They always have guys that are prospects. From Jonathan Isaac, they have two or three guys this year. They always have guys that are interesting, but it's the same kind of team always. They're long. They're defense first. Their offense is kind of boring. It doesn't really do much for you. They don't. They don't. They don't run a lot of great stuff offensively. Vassell is, on one hand, a really easy fit almost anywhere as a three and D guy. But on the other hand, he's not exciting. And I think that is, it's, this is too simple, but that is part of the reason why he doesn't get talked about a lot. It's just because these are guys that I always like more than everybody else does. Like just the boring role players. Everybody makes fun of me about this too. I I see, I see all of you in my my mentions. I promise I see it and I, I, I deserve it. I earn it about how much I like boring role players. That is definitely true. And Vassell, might be that guy because he he might be really good in the NBA. He might be a starting caliber guy for a long time, three and D, and he might be super anonymous and boring. But here, I think my even bigger concern. I mean, beyond the boring, because that's not really a concern. Like, it's it's just, not. He's not a flat. He's not a flashy basketball player. Uh, he can't really dribble. People um, point to his low turnovers as a good thing, and I'm like, that's that's a problem. Like he's got low usage too. Yeah, and I'm like that to me. Uh, just means he's a guy who, on offense, like maybe maybe he he flashes some off the ball coming off the screen, rise up because I I do like the shot. Like the shot looks pretty good, um, and it and it did go in consistently. But I don't know, man. It's 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 just like to me. I'm like defense. He's not that big. Um, no, physically, like he's got long arms and he's tall, but he's under two hundred pounds, and so that kind of limits his impact on who he can and can't guard on the ball for um, sure. Yeah, on the ball, and I, like as an on-ball defender, you know, is he that high? Like, like to me, I think his outcome. I think I think he can be as good as I think. Mikael Bridges is a good comp. Um, I don't know if, he, but my thing is, I don't know if he'll be as good as Mikael Bridges is defensively. Uh, I mean, my, I would but, say you can't reasonably pr- project almost anyone to be as good as he is defensively already. Mikael Bridges fair. is awesome defensively, but that's but but to me, if you're going to draft the type of the player that Vassell is, that yeah, high, that's the thing. Like to me, I like I watch him. I'm like. Hunter, he has the he has the uh, measurements like not I mean not the the statistical profile of a good defender because he, he his blocks and steals 
Yeah. But like he reminds me a lot of how DeAndre Hunter was in Atlanta. Where well, you need to be he, he, I don't know. You you need to at least it's tough. think it's just tough. You need to at least think that Vassell has the upside of being Mikael Bridges defensively. I'm not saying you need to see, think he's going to be that, and that's just a rough comp anyway. Comp, comps that's are no. comps are tough anyway, but I do agree that if you're taking him in the top five or six, you need to at least think that it's possible that he becomes like a really, really, really good defender. Because I'm not sure. I guess if if he becomes an awesome like off the dribble shooter that might help him offensively to raise the ceiling because he's not a guy who's going to attack the rim a lot offensively. Like, his his jump shot is is real, I think, and maybe he becomes, like, a really good off-movement, off-the-dribble you know, off shooter. That might that might unlock his offense, but I still think that he's a, he's a defense-first guy. And if you're drafting a defense-first guy in the top five or six without a ton of star equity offensively, like, he better be good defensively. And that's not fair because I, I, I do think that Devin Vassell is going to be a good defender. I mean, that's my my median outcome for him is a good two way player. That's like a good defender who shoots well, doesn't like blow you away offensively, but does his job. That's a very solid player. It's probably a starter, but he's also the kind of guy who fans will not like if you draft him in the top five, maybe because he might just be a relatively anonymous role player, and that's not terrible. But it's not a sexy pick, and that's that's the concern I always have with Hunter. I mean, they're not they're they're different players, but it's the, it's the same thing I said about Hunter before the draft on draft night, etc. Is that you if you if you give him that shine as a number four overall pick, DeAndre Hunter, people will be disappointed with what they get, and that's that still might happen with Hunter. I mean, I know what happened this year. It's like, oh, this guy went in the top four. Well, it's not his fault. He went in the top four. <laughs> He's the same guy he was supposed to be. I don't know. It's just interesting to me, like Vassell. I mean, even today, we're talking about this in, uh, in, in a Slack channel that I'm in with Peachtree Hoops guys. I noticed Devin Vassell is outside the top 10 in both of the major uh, top 100 boards that are like Intel-based, and that's ESPN and The Athletic. So it, it appears the that, that the league is a little bit lower on Vassell anyway. Because here, here's the downside. He might not be a good defender. Like, he could be Tony Snow levels of defense because he's skinny. And I he's think not I think off athletic. I think off ball he will be good, but you're right. The, the problem is there is some downside with his on ball defense. I would agree with you on that. He's not physical. And right like, now, anyway. but furthermore, he's not he's not a he's a good athlete, but he's not no, not, not he's a great not athlete. the type of athlete that profiles as an elite defender. Like, yeah, he's Robert he's more Covington. in the uh, he's, he's more in the he's, Danny he's Green mode. Robert Covington. Yeah, Danny Green, Robert Covington mode. But, like, Robert, Robert Covington is the highest end. Like, can you project – can you really project that, that Vassell will turn into Covington on defense? Like, that's way too hard to do because, because you know, Covington has his – like, Covington is not a very good on-ball defender relative, you know, to the type of defensive talent he is. It's just that he's an off-the-ball monster. Yep. Um, But – can you really project that? You know, same, same with Danny Green. It's the same. Like they're very similar in that way. Green's a little bit smaller, but that is the kind of defender that you should project Evan Vassell. It doesn't mean he has to be that, but if you start comping him to guys who are like shut down on ball guys, that's where you get into trouble because that's not what he's going to be. I don't think. I think you're hoping that he is someone, someone in the Covington Green realm where he's an off ball maven. He makes shots from three, but he's not going to go out and like guard Kawhi Leonard for you. That's not that's not why you're drafting him. Um, he's the guy that does the secondary stuff defensively, whereas Isaac Okoro is the on-ball shutdown guy. And like this, this is my thing with Okoro. And I know we we've gone a long way to get to my boy, McKeechan's own. McKeechan's uh, own. You know Isaac Okoro. Uh, you know that's my rival school, but you know I still rep Cobb County. Um, but um. One, he's fun to watch. Like he's just he's just an entertaining basketball player, uh, because he gets in guys' grill. He's super physical, and he plays hard all the time. And it's easy to see he's going to be a like wherever the if the Hawks draft him, it's not going to be difficult to see him be a fan favorite, even if he, you know, can't shoot. <laughs> you know that's that's the like if you boil it down, like you got you and um. You and uh, Z Hood broke it down. It's like really the only thing Okoro doesn't do well is shoot. 
which he does pretty poorly. Yep. But you know, he, the thing is, he's only nine, like he's only nineteen years old, and he's consistently been good. Like that's the thing; he's been good at every level. He was clearly under under recruited. I mean, under scouted, even though you know everybody saw him. Like it felt like Okoro was a guy everybody saw. Everybody acknowledged was a good basketball player, but you know, not he wasn't sexy. Like he didn't do, he doesn't do things on offense that you know you can really see in a that that you can really appreciate in an AAU type environment, AAU type setting. Yeah, instead of being a five star, he was like a top forty recruit. Which isn't like he was still a big time recruit, but not a top fifteen five star guy. He was a he was a good he was a good four star, but didn't have like the Duke Kentucky level offers. That like he that, he ended up going to Auburn. He had other he had some other good offers, but he was not the guy who Duke and Kentucky were lining up for in the way that you might have thought that they should have. Obviously, yeah. But you watch him play; he has a mature game. Um. Loves the free throw line because he's the thing is he's an incredible athlete. Like I feel comfortable in saying he's going to be a basketball player that lives at the free throw line. Uh, whether whether he he can take that and use that to become a, a plus plus offensive player where he, he enters you know star range I don't know but just due to his quickness and his ball handling which he's pretty good at um, considering his size. Like a lot, the the a lot of fouls he drew at Auburn reminded me a lot of how Bam Adebayo draws his fouls. You know, they different players play different positions, but Bam just uses his ball handling and his overwhelming quickness to get by bigs and then draw fouls um, to get to the free throw line. And I feel like that's something Okoro can very easily do once he gets a once he learns the NBA game, the NBA environment, how to draw fouls. Like he has the talent to do that at any level because. I mean that quickness is legit. Um, I think he's the best. I, Brad, maybe you disagree, but I think he's the best athlete in this draft. Uh, when you combine lateral quickness, verticality, uh, strength, speed, like all of it, like he's just—he's a guy who's all over the floor all the time. He and and beyond that, like you know, the off the ball defense, like he didn't rack up steals and blocks. He was okay in those aspects, and his rebounds were pretty low. But, you know, I watched, like, a healthy amount of his games. He's always doing the right thing, you know? He's always boxing out. He's always tagging the role man, getting back to his guy. He's always communicating. He's, like, he's always, like, he's just, he's a smart basketball player, and that's pretty obvious watching him play. And he's really something the Hawks don't have, you know, at the wing, a super physical guy who plays smart basketball on both ends of the floor. Like, to me, I feel like he's he's a type of – like, where the cell – you draft the cell, you're basically being like, all right, Trey Young, we're only going to play one way. I feel like you draft a Coro, you know, if he hits on offense, even without the shot. I'm not even including the shot right now. I'm like, if he hits on offense the way he can impact the game as a, as a, just playmaker, from the wing position, um, like I, I think it can unlock some stuff for Trey Young off the ball in ways that the cell just doesn't have the talent to do so. Yeah, and I think Akora has that talent on offense, but like the shot is a is a major weakness. Like it's just not there. Right. Um, I mean, I, it, I do think I do think like, that. I think Okoro is the more talented guy in, in general. And to your athletic point before, I think if he isn't the best athlete, he's on the short list. Like this is not, this is not a, a draft filled with incredible athletes. Like Edwards, Edwards is a good athlete, of course, but like the guys who are lottery picks, they're not a lot of like super high, like hyper athletes in this class kind of quietly. Um, he's not, than... he's not as, he's not as big as Ben Simmons, but his athleticism reminds me a lot of how athletic Ben Simmons is where, yeah, it, it's it's very like side to side, incredible. Fluid. No, he slides, um, he slides incredibly well with guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a point that we've made before on the show. I, I can't remember when or how many times, but 
I totally agree with you in terms of the offensive like fit in Atlanta. Vassell is an easier, cleaner fit with what they already do, and that Vassell can be a guy that you just ask to space the floor uh, and just kind of be that very, very secondary fourth, fifth option, kind of like what what DeAndre Hunter did this year, except except more of a wing than a combo forward. Um, just a very like you know not always this, but stand in the corner, space the floor, shoot threes, and let Trey Young run high pick and roll. That that's the kind of thing that Vassell could be way more easy to plug in than Okoro offensively. But you're right that Okoro, uh, if they wanted to change things up a little bit, he has a lot. I think he has more on-ball equity. I know Vassell's a much better shooter and certainly could be a, a pretty good shooter off of uh, off the dribble. But Okoro attacks the rim as a secondary guy, especially like closeouts and uh, finishes really well, explodes, hyper-athletic. I don't know. Like, you want him he's in the system. Great, when he's... Okoro, Okoro is why it's so important to have be able to finish with both hands if you're not like a center because he he's a great below the rim finisher with yeah. both hands he's creative and like he's smart like i don't know he, it's interesting because the worst thing you could possibly do to isaac okoro is stick him in the corner and not have him do stuff offensively because that way you make him a shooter and that's not what he needs to be even if even if his jump shot comes along and i think it might slash probably will at some point to some degree even if even if that improves he's still gonna be best when he's like in a more movement offense when he's not just asked to stand in the corner and that is uh the gap here so a lot of this is honestly team building like obviously we've heard that Okoro uh is someone that the the Hawks like Sam Messini said that on the podcast Uh, I've heard that rumbling as well um but if you draft Okoro in the top five or six I think you have to at least envision a scenario and not, not, not because of a Coro, but I think him fitting into your team construct would mean that you, you don't want to have Trey young, have the James Harden, Luka Doncic 40% usage rate all the time and just run that offense. Like if you, if you want to run that offense, if you're playing on running that offense long-term, you probably don't want to drop Isaac Coro in the top five. That That's kind of a simplification, but I kind of believe it just because if you're going to do that, he's a lot less valuable to you on offense. Yeah. I mean, to me, I, I feel like you get a coral, like he's a, he was a good role, man. Like even, yeah. And this is my thing. I'm like, okay, I, I'm not like, again, I think he can get there as a shooter eventually, but like, it's going to take time. And I, and I do think that's something he's working on, but oddly better shooting off the dribble. Um, like he, it felt like a more natural jump shot when he, when he took step backs or if he had to, you know, do side steps and stuff and put the ball on the floor. Then when he was just straight catch and shoot, but like to me, he's somebody you can put, you know, in a pick and roll, either running the pick and roll or being the screener and rolling to the rim, get a mismatch and just have him be some smaller dude or get by a bigger guy and get to the free throw line. Like that's. Like I, I just think I think there's just more opportunities for him on offense, and then, I mean, defense. I get it. I I I get he didn't rebound, but like I, that, I, that I is a problem, know. by the way. I, and you you are I someone wanna, who but, but uh, my counter even... my counter is that I want to I I don't because I don't have access to. I want to know what Auburn's rebound rate was when he was on the floor. Yeah, I, because... I can find that. I don't I don't have it in front of me, but, but I mean it's it's funny because I know you and I have talked about rebounding in the past and rebounding issues infuriate you on a level even beyond me. Um, so I, I just want to make sure that it's pointed out that he didn't rebound at all. Uh, I think he certainly can. Obviously, someone with that physical profile and the way that he plays hard and he's smart, I don't worry too much about it. But given that he's not that big, like height-wise but, or length-wise, but, it's kind yeah. of a concern. But it's only a concern if you're playing him. Like, you know, there's this notion out there that I don't really believe, but people – that I think are smart think that he's like almost a four on offense. And I don't necessarily believe that, but if you want to play him up and play him like in lineups where he needs to rebound, that's that, that becomes more of a challenge. Again, I don't, I'm no, I don't worry too much, but he's listed at six, five, six, six with a six, nine ish wingspan. That's perfectly fine, but he's not super long. So if he's more of a combo wing two, three type, then you don't really worry about that as much. But it is it is bad. I mean, it's not a good 
I, I should say it's bad. It's not a good indicator that he didn't rebound, but I'm with you that it's not a situation in which I would panic because, you know. My only, my only thing <laughs> is he did. I mean, yeah, yeah. look at him. And also he rebounded in high school and, and at AAU. He, he did. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be plowing. But, that, but, but that's high school and AAU. But that's right. high school and AAU were, you know. But I mean, AAU's different. And to be, to be fair, I just want to make sure I'm consistent because obviously I used to just pan Torian Prince for not rebounding and it used to drove, it used to, used to drive me insane and Torian kind of rebounded in college, but he just stopped for whatever reason in the NBA, he stopped rebounding and it drove me out of my mind. Uh, but so, it wasn't, here's the thing with Torian, it wasn't the rebounding in particular that was annoying. It's that he wasn't boxing anybody out. Yeah. He wasn't doing the things you need your small for to do to secure a rebound. Like not just right. him grabbing the ball. Like rebound you. is a team aspect, you know, situation. And he wasn't doing his part, you know, as as the three. Like they played him at the three. Uh whereas a coral, I watched a coral, I'm like, he's doing everything, like he's fighting, right? Like whether he gets the ball or not, he's gonna fight you over. It. And he's also, I think the one thing I really love about him overall the player is he's not a ball watcher no he's got all. a lot of ball watchers on the scene they got way too many ball watchers kevin herter watches the ball too damn much on offense <laughs> deandre hunter watches damn ball too much neither of them know how to cut yeah okora is a great cutter he, a he's a really a really high fuel player on both ends of the floor but but on, but even on, on but even on defense he doesn't watch like he's he no. knows what needs to be done to get the stop like no, he, and that's he's what, a i mean this this gets overused a lot but I generally believe this with him. He's a winning basketball player. He just does a lot of little things well. And it's stuff that you only notice if you're paying attention, but he's in the right place. He'll make the, he'll make the second pass, the hockey assist pass. He'll make the, the right rotation. He just does a lot of little things well. He plays really hard. And like this is, again, overvalued sometimes, but you cannot find anyone that doesn't think he's awesome, like that's coached him or played with him. And coaches are sometimes funny. As a way, uh, as a way to try to scout guys, but his rep from opposing coaches too, like everyone just kind of swears by him as a worker and as a guy who just does all the little stuff that you want. Again, it could be overblown, but I, I do buy it. I mean, just watching him and also just hearing the intel side. I don't know. He, there's just a lot to like about Asgakoro as a player. He just does. And, he just does stuff you like. I don't know. And here's my here's my ultimate like thing about Core like. At one point, I watched. I watched him like this. He had a game in South Carolina where he scored eight points, but he absolutely dominated that basketball game on both ends of the floor. <laughs> he also had like seven assists. It was it was incredible. And I'm like, you know what Okor is? He's a guy who understands that basketball is a team sport. Yep. He just does what Auburn needed to do to win the game. I and that was. And by I the way, for reference, the that, that game was on thing, January 22nd. January January twenty second, yeah. South Carolina home game, they won by thirteen. Uh, he had he had eight point seven rebounds. Absolutely, absolutely dominated the <laughs> game cost. They they couldn't they they had no answer for him. Just basically getting the ball at the top of the key, dribbling into the lane, kicking it out to shooters. Uh, the only thing I wish I wish Acora played with better teammates. Um, you know. It's kind of funny because Auburn, Auburn was they, good they this year, they, but I they agree. Were fi- they, they were fighters. They were a good college basketball team where, you know, Edwards played with a bunch of bad college basketball um, players, but, you know, their young guys were talented, but they're they're super young and they're, they weren't really NBA prospects. Whereas Zocoro played with a, a veteran-laden team, but they weren't, like, other than him, I'm pretty sure they only had one other guy who's a top 100 recruit. Uh, like that team was not talented at all, but they, they, you know, they, they were a tournament team and they've been playing with each other for three to four years, you know, except for the one guy who was a transfer, but uh, like they just, they, they, they competed like cons- considering the talent gap, the talent, the lack of talent that they had, they shouldn't have been as good as they were. And like the more I watched, the more I was like, if the tournament was there, I think a coral was going to shine as an offensive player. Like I think they, I think it it would have been pretty obvious that they were going to need him to ice so more, and have a higher usage, and just in general, 
score the basketball more often, take more shots and be, be instead of just being a feature of the offense, be the primary focus. Uh, because that's the, that's the, you know, that's the one he didn't have a high usage, even though he was a pretty good ball handler. He was really good in isolation, but like the, the, the Auburn Tigers, like uh, Bruce Pearl more or less used them as a zone buster where they, they put them in the middle of the zone because they couldn't shoot. So, what they do is they put they put him in the middle of the zone. And he would just play make from that position from the high post. And so, I think in, in a tournament setting, I think uh, Okor really missed out for a chance to even be higher as a prospect because he he, he didn't get the opportunity to, to really showcase all that he had. Because I think he has, I do think he has scoring talent that he didn't show. Like to me, I, I know he didn't average that many points, and his per you know, 40 numbers aren't great as an offensive player, but like even again, even without the shooting, he's got everything. I, I felt like he, he could have had a run. He had a run in him that he wasn't able to do, but like, I mean, that's just a, like, I think he's got, there's a good chance he ends up being the best player in this, in this draft class overall. If everything pans out for him, just the the multitude of ways he can impact the game on both ends of the floor and like I mean again I can't I can't stress how good of a defender he was at Auburn. Like nobody got by him and he's super strong and like he just he he I mean you can watch <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can still watch the Iowa State game where he bullied uh Tyrese Halliburton. Like he absolutely bullied that dude. Like Halliburton won zero parts of a coral. You know, they, they play Kentucky. They more or less put a coral on who, who's hot right now. Take them out. Take them out. Like, you know, one, you know, one of their guys just, and then Anthony Edwards, he put the absolute clamps on Edwards. Like <laughs> that, that game, that's, that, that's the game that gave me the most pause about Edwards. Cause it was like a coral didn't give him nothing. And, but you know, Okor uh, got hurt, and he didn't play the second game. And Edwards was a lot better. He like, was. And by, by the way, the Iowa State lot... game you mentioned, uh, Halliburton played the entire game. Played forty minutes. He took seven shots. I mean, Halliburton couldn't get by him. That's couldn't what do I mean. And it was like, well, that's it. Like, I, I took Iowa State's best player away, and you know, yeah. y'all got no chance. Um, so, like, I, I just think. You know, I, I think there's some high end upside uh, for him. Like everybody's like, you know, you know, Zach Hood said Jimmy Butler. I'm like, yeah, Jimmy Butler's a a high end outcome. I think he's an outlier, obviously, because Jimmy's yeah, Jimmy's outlier, offense is but, an outlier. I mean, it is, but but like another guy, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm overstepping, but like just the, the 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 both the size. And the quickness and the physicality—it reminded me a lot of Ron Artest. Like, okay, I mean, that's I don't not... know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he. I don't know if anybody will be ever as good no. as what prime Ron Artest was on defense, yeah, he or is, as sir. a player overall. But like, the package that he has reminds me a lot of what Ron Artest was as a player. I'm not saying he's going to be Ron Artest. I'm just saying, like, the package of skills that he has on both ends of the floor, really, and how he's a below the rim finisher like that kind of reminds me of Ron Artest in the way that Ron used his body to shield defenders and so that he can do these little like layups from like seven feet you know four or five feet away from the from the rim and it'd be below the rim but it you can't you can't get around him because he's so huge and like a coral is just I mean I mean he's incredible fits like He's a he's a he's a defensive end playing basketball, and it was pretty shocking to hear that he never played football because he plays he play, like that's what I, I guess my bias is showing because he plays basketball so much like a football player would <laughs> that because you know football players we as as a football former football player like <laughs> I like basketball players who are super physical. And you know, 
you you like that uh, because of your background, and, and I and I like guys who play defense and never shoot uh, because of my background. So yeah, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Uh, it was uh, it, it's always funny to acknowledge like how we see things, and it, it's it's good to know how we see things. Like I, I'm aware of things that I like more than I should, or not I don't like more than I should. And it's I mean it's it it, co- it colors it probably colors my opinion of other guys who aren't super physical or well and that's the same thing as me like th- there's a certain archetype yeah. of player that i am always going to be predisposed to not like but i have to remember that and adjust for it a little bit and for me it's like combo guard that, does, that doesn't defend but jacks like that's the kind of guy that i i'm always going to be lower on than everybody else is is a perimeter player especially a guard that doesn't play defense and shoots a lot but it's also like i have to re- know how that something works a team and- needs well, it's, it's and that's what I mean. Like, there's obviously a need for someone who does that. It's just interesting to me that we all see the game differently. I think it's a good thing. Like, there's this notion out there, of course, that you had to have played the game at a high level to understand it and all this stuff. And I think that's just kind of silly. But no, it's just uh, it's good to acknowledge every once in a while, like how we all see things, and it's all it's different, and that's a good thing. That's part of the reason I like talking to you about basketball. Uh, is that we don't see everything the same way, and that's that's good. It, we sh- it should it be it's, it'd be worse if we did. So it's interesting to me. I don't, I don't know. I, I like Okoro too. We both like him. I think you're probably a little bit higher just based on what you've said. But even then, I've been high on him for a long time. I, I really like him. I have to ask you this: We've gone on from him for a while. Is there anybody that you would consider that we haven't talked about in that range? Obviously, if it's top two, Edwards, maybe Lamelo. Um, is there anybody else that you would be thinking about other than Okoro slash Vassell in that five six range? I mean, like, is it is it just Denny? Is it Denny and like what what about like the bigs like James Wiseman yeah, be, or a Kong Wu or whatever? It'd be, it'd be either it'd be a Kong Wu or or Wiseman, um, just for the talent or the production. Like I we talk, I talked about this before on the podcast about a Kong Wu or how you would add on your strength with a Kong Wu like. You would basically be like how the Grizzlies were, where you can just throw good big men after good big men at teams and really stomp them out. Uh, you know, stomp you know weaker teams off the floor just due to your size, physicality, and length uh, on both ends of the floor. So, and and like Wiseman, I mean, I, I get I get everybody, you know, draft like to me, I'm like, I don't know. Like Wiseman's an interesting case because I think he's super talented, just by the fact that he's huge. He's seven one and he runs like he's a pretty, like he's a pretty good athlete. And so, like to me, I'm like, you know, that's going to be a good basketball player. Um, like I can, I can see if the Hawks are like we took him to be Capella's successor. Um, I, I, because you, you'd have, you'd have Wiseman with seven years of guaranteed control if you sign him past his rookie deal. Um, whereas Capella, you only got him for three. And so like, you can just never worry about the center position ever again. But um, I, I really think the Hawks should, I mean, it sounds boring, but the Hawks should probably take the best wing available um, wherever they draft. And like the odd thing is like, I like Okoro so much more than Edwards. But, <laughs> but also Anthony understanding Edwards, that, like, but but like, the thing is, with Anthony Edwards is, I mean, he could end up being, you know, a future Hall of Famer. If I mean, he you, you sound like me, crap on defense. Like, you sound like it, me it's because, frustrating like, to say, but but you know, you get you get mad and you're like, ugh. Uh, Edwards, do I really like this? He's kind of a chucker of all this. And then you watch him make some incredible dimes, either you know in in transition with his left offhand, and you're like, what the hell? Like, right? I mean, am, am I? Here, here's my thing with Edwards. All, all all the stuff I said about a coral, Anthony Edwards against Michigan State. Yeah, by far the best basketball player. Uh, in this draft class, I mean that that was Not the best. Close. That was probably the that best was, half of the season in college basketball this year. Was that half against Michigan State? And, and here's the thing: it wasn't just his offense. His defense was incredible. He was all over the place. Like there's there's one possession 
where he completely takes Casillas Winston, who's a good, you know, who's going to be in the NBA for a pretty decent amount of time. Like, he completely shuts him down in isolation. There's another play where he just comes from the other side of the court, blocks a shot with the left hand, gathers the ball, drives the ball up the floor only with his left hand, gets to the rim, gets fouled, almost makes a hand one. And I'm like, what? the best player in the country. Like, that, that player, if you can get that every night, like not the offense, but I'm mean the defense and the intensity that he played with. That's the best player in his draft. But yeah. you just don't, like you said, you just don't know. I know with a coral, I know with a coral, I don't have to worry about him ever, like effort related issues. If he yeah. fails, it's going to be because either he gets hurt or he's such a bad, like, like, I don't even think if he, like, to me, I'm not even worried about the shooter. I, I think he can be a good basketball player, even if he never makes, like, even if he turns out to be. I, I do too. Like, and that's, that, that's one of the reasons why I think we're higher on him is that not that he can, not that, they, not that he, I think he'll be incredible if he can't shoot, but I, I think that he can, and I think I would project him to be a very useful player, even if he can't shoot. But I mean, to your point, broadly, I like Okoro more than Edwards, and I also have Edwards ranked higher. And people don't seem to understand that, but I, I think it's pretty simple. Like, I really, I really, really like Okoro, um, but Edward, Edwards, I like. Just here's does, the thing: I does stuff that he can't like, do. Yeah, I like how Okoro plays basketball. Period. Yeah, I just love the way he plays, and I like he's. I'm trying to remember the last Hawk that played like him, that did that. Um, I guess he kind of reminds me a lot of how, what Paul Millsap did. I was going to say, Millsap's the kind of guy that came to mind for me. They're obviously di- different players, different positions, but the guys who just do all the little stuff and play that, hard. That every team and, needs. Every yep. team needs. Like I, you know, you never have to worry about effort or he's going to bring it every night, a professional effort. He's going he's gonna to read the scouting report. He's going to scout the film. He's going to do whatever it takes, needs to be done to win the basketball game. And side note, I kind of hope the Hawks sign Millsap again, even though I know he's not a great fit for this team. Like, I kind of don't care because, like, for these since Millsap left, the Hawks haven't had that type of guy. You know, the closest that's come is John Collins just because of the effort he plays with. But, you know, defensively, it's just not the same because, you know, John's a, a young guy and, and, like, it takes it takes time. It, you know, it takes time for young bigs to learn how to be good on defense and like, you know, John Collins on defense is a, is another podcast, but it is like, I, I do that one in in, in November. I, I, I really, I've really missed, I've really missed a lot. Millsap being gone. And I kind of hope the Hawks sign them. Regardless of who they draft. Uh, Even if they draft the coral. There's no one rooting harder for them to sign Millsap than me, both for, viewing purposes i just love paul i love talking to paul uh he's he'd be a fantastic very overqualified locker room leader as well like paul isn't the most vocal guy in the world but he's a great guy to have in the locker room he can still play as as evidence now like he's not as good as he used to be obviously he's in his mid-30s but the guy is still he's still really good <laughs> at basketball uh so yeah sign me up for paul Millsap. yeah and i'm like you know a core that's that's what a core but that's what a core reminds me of a guy who just who's going to bust his ass every night and like it's going to make winning plays all the time. And so, and that's something the Hulk just don't currently have on this team. It's not to say that these guys aren't winning. Like it's not to say Trey young, John Collins aren't winning players. You know, they do different things. Like they just do different things. But Paul just brings a level of intensity on defense that has been missing. That That's why I like Cam Reddish second half so you know cam reddish this season and him at the prospect just uh how how good he was on defense like it was a breath of fresh air and i feel like a coral would add to that and i you know i'm petitioning for the hawks to sign Millsap, knowing that the fit might not be great with the talent they have bought on the team and but yeah. my count is like i kind of don't not, care right like just sign the good basketball player. And <laughs> that, that is your general that, stance on, the, on all of this stuff is just sign the good, sign the good basketball player. I, I've noticed that. 
Yeah, I'm like, yeah, sign Chris Dunn, even though he can't shoot. I, I don't, sign all I don't the good understand what's going players. on. I, I don't understand what's going on with me, Brad. Like, maybe maybe quarantine has made me go crazy. Because I'm like, uh, yeah, man. Been, it's Hawks, just been Hawks a long time. Chris, the Hawks should sign Chris Dunn. They should drive, draft Isaac Okoro, knowing full well both of those guys probably can't shoot. And I'm like, I kind of <laughs> don't care. <laughs> you just like. I uh, don't care. I'm like, I, I trust it, Trey Young to figure it out. I was gonna say, I, th- I think it's part of the part of it is that they already have a lot of offensive talent. Part of that is that we've just watched this team be absolutely terrible on defense for three straight seasons. Uh, yes, three straight seasons, not just two. Uh, the year before Trey arrived, they were bad in defense the whole year. Uh, so I think that's part of it too. But and also, and they're the bad on hiatus. and they're bad on defense. It's it's not because they don't have the talent. It's because they just don't have the intellect. Like the defensive intelligence that what you need to do in these situations, like defense in the NBA is tough, man. Basketball players are so good now. There's so much you got to look out for. You got to be ready for. And like too often the Hawks are just these couple seasons, they've just been, they, they've been bad in these situations because they're a young team that, you know, barely knows how to tie their own shoelaces. So <laughs> like, and I, I'm, kind of tired of watching it like because like i i feel i i do feel like this team has a lot of talent uh they do even beyond you know trey young and john collins like I, you know these guys are super talented but they gotta know how how to how to play team basketball for one team defense in particular like and i, I feel like a core will help because you know he'll Whereas Edwards will kind of be a guy who's going to have to learn along with these other guys how to play in an NBA environment so that you can win consistently. Like, cause that takes time. So, I mean, we'll see what the Hawks do overall and all this stuff, but I feel like a is the most like, like it's weird. It kind of doesn't matter where they are in the draft. I feel like just based on the lottery odds, like a is probably the most likely outcome just based on what they need as a team. And I think, and I, you know, I think Vassell, like ultimately to me, Vassell, it just kind of comes down to, because like people are like, maybe it's a Coral versus Vassell, or I, I just don't think Vassell is talented enough to justify taking that high. Like if you take Vassell, you go, but he's going to go that high just because of how this draft is formatted and how valuable uh, three and D wings. The archetype are, is, like, yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, well, obviously, I'm looking forward to this because the Hawks are, I, would say, I don't know, probably is too strong, maybe, but uh, somewhat likely to be picking in a range where we'll just be still talking about a core and Vassell against each other for the next two months. If the Hawks land like five or six in the draft in the lottery when the lottery arrives, it's going to be a lot of Vassell and a Coro talk for two months. So uh, we could probably hold off on Even that for, for now, but. Uh, we're getting there. At any rate, uh, unless the they, you know, they're going to get, yeah, they're going to get number one overall pick <laughs> and they're either going to trade it. It's not going to be a value trade, which you're going to hate. Or they're going to take <laughs> Edwards. I appreciate yeah, it. I, mean, I, I appreciate I know, that I shot at me there as well. I appreciate that I shot mean, at me I about mean, value. It's true though. It's you're true. right. You're they right. Probably are. Or, you know, they're gonna take, they're gonna take Edwards, and we're gonna be like, oh, hope he plays hard, you know. And it's kind of annoying that that's ultimately my my thing with Edwards. I because I want to like him, like I do. I, you know, when he talks, like he sounds like a fun guy, uh, a good guy. But you know, the tape was really bad in college, and. You know, we we just don't know. Like, you, you just don't know. And, like, I, I'm hopeful that in the Hawks, like I said before, in the Hawks environment, he'll be he'll be good. Uh, but we wouldn't know. We won't know that. But you can't, like, because I, I, I think we went back and forth. I was like, man, can't we, can't the Hawks just take a Coral? And, but, it's, but you're right. You can't just, you can't take Edwards. I mean, you can't take a Coral over Edwards just because. Of the talents, the talent discrepancy in the sense that, you know, Edwards is a superior shot maker, like a coral. Yeah, I mean, as much as, as much as I think we both uh, 
gravitate to um Okoro. Yeah, I think that's that's the takeaway is that, you know, side by side, I, I don't think you can take Okoro ahead of Edwards, but that's only a decision you have to make if again if you're in the top two and uh all signs I'm not saying it's like a, a lock, but I think anybody anybody that I've mm-hmm. asked both on or off the record so far around the league seems to think that, that the Hawks would probably draft Anthony Edwards at number one overall. So they wouldn't they'd, have to do that. Him and, but I feel like they'd him and Hall and then they 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 try to trade down and like I said to you, it, it's either gonna be a poor value trade because nobody's gonna give up proper value. Um except maybe the Knicks or the Bulls. And even then, who knows? Like, the Bulls got a smarter GM now, so. And yeah, like maybe, the Bulls, maybe, maybe the Bulls are not the Bulls anymore. We'll see. But I mean, here, the problem is the problem with the Bulls is that their owner doesn't care, and they hired some good people. So, like, whereas the Knicks, their owner does care, and he gets in the way often. And maybe, you know, maybe they're in a, in a situation where, like, it's LaMelo or nothing with him. That's that's my only hope of getting real value for trading down in this draft. Like I, I just don't see the value being there. So you might as well just take the more talented basketball player, which would be Edwards, because again, like if he hits, he's a he's a twenty five five and five guy, right? Like at his optimal yep. outcome. I think uh, his his like ceiling is very high. There's no question. Fifty eight percent true shooting. So no. There it is. Um, well, Tyler, we, we I talking... don't know. Is there it is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've been talking for almost two hours between yesterday and today. That'll probably be enough for now. Uh, I'll bring you back probably after the lottery. We'll we'll do some we'll do some post lottery talk. Look ahead to the. At least we're getting closer. Thank God. Uh, anything to plug? I know uh, you're out there on, on these Twitter streets on the on, on the locked account. So I don't want to give too much away. But anything, anything you want to share? Oh yeah, yeah. You can follow me at Jonesy Two X Four. Um, I don't even know what I'm tweeting about currently. Like, it's been uh, an interesting the, the, time. The bubble, the NBA bubble. Uh, yeah, that's kind of all I've been talking about with basketball, which is weird. I'm supposed to be the anime video game guy, but like, I, I can't stop watching basketball. Like, I, I, I will say, I, I can't, not... occasionally you will tweet something that I have no idea we're talking about, and I generally just assume that's anime. Cause you know, but like, know here's the thing: I I haven't had time to do anything but watch basketball. It's on on all the time, and I gotta watch every game. Like, yeah, I, I'm I'm trying I to I'm trying compelled. to catch up now. I mean, people know that I have a day job. Um, maybe people people forget that sometimes, but there's at least a game. There's at least one game a day that's like over when I get done with work that I have to try to go back and try to watch part of later on because I can't watch basketball at work because I'm going to the office. So it's this weird spot where I'm like a game behind every day. It's it's awful. Well, I also have a day job. I just am able to work from home. <laughs> I, I was for a while, so, and like, then that stopped, unfortunately, for me. Yeah, I have to go to the office. That so sucks. Well, it is what people. it is. But alas, uh, follow this man on Twitter. Um, he has to approve you, but hopefully you will. And uh, the, takes are, the takes are golden, especially during games when Tyler gets very, gets very mad. And uh, you remind me of me in my, in my fan days. I'll say that. Brad, I, you say this every time I come on, like, Ah, you remind me of a young me as if you're like 18 years older than me. I'm no, I'm just saying sure. in my fan days, like I can't tweet my stuff out now. I, oh, number one, number one, I'm, I'm not invested. Uh, you're, th- not uh, invested. Emotionally. You're, not, you're not a fan. You're not a fan anymore. Even though, even though Dennis Schroeder and Torian Prince annoyed you the same way they annoyed every no, other Hawks fan. I mean, still you're not a fan. Bad players. Listen, if I have to watch every game, usually twice, I still get annoyed. Like I, I still like basketball, and I'm trying to analyze what's going on. So yeah, I still get very annoyed by certain things. Uh, no, I, I mean I, 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 I get it. You like you like how I am with the Falcons. <laughs> I yeah, I mean I just don't get as uh, as viscerally angry as you do about certain things, which I, I actually just I miss that because I'm still that way on certain sports, just not the Hawks. So, like the Braves. It's good. Yeah, I get I get, I get pretty mad at the Braves. Right I get way more mad at the Falcons than the Braves usually. But the Braves the Braves do dumb stuff. I get mad at them. And uh, Michigan football is probably number one on the list. Alas, all right, Tyler. College, well, thank you for joining me, man. Football. Last <laughs> last thing. I, I don't know how you. I don't. I don't know how. How you still do college football, bro? Maybe it's it, bad. I mean, maybe because I played college football for like a season plus. 
I, I, that, the games, well, I'm out on football just in general, but yes, even before I was completely out of football, the, the games are so long. They are. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you still do it because I used to be a big time USC fan and I just do not care what they do. But uh, you do you, Brad. I understand. But you're not uh, a fan of the Hawks. You're not a fan of the Hawks. You know. I'm not, I'm not anymore. I'm, I'm a retired Hawks fan. Uh, going, going in the locker room every game for you know a half, dec- a half decade or more will do that to you. It, it, you kind of have, have to lose your fandom eventually. By but. far the most Hawks content. Just last thing, Brad. You, you are the best because like, like, I mean, without you doing what you do for Hawks fans, like. And I know you get a, like a lot of bad takes and those stuff, <laughs> but Sometimes. man, you are very much appreciated because it's you're kind of all we got, you know. In a, in a, in in a certain you know sense, you know, there's beat reporters that cover the team, but like you guys go like at Peachtree Hoops, like uh, the analysis is so. Like, it's incredible. Like, I, I'm learning stuff about guys I watched every, you know, every game. Like, I, and you just, you guys do great stuff over there. And uh, um, if you're if you're a fan of Brad, like, you know, give give him a, give him a shout out for what he do what he does every once in a while because, like, he gets y'all gotta understand, he gets so many bad takes. Uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. And like he 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 DMs like side just like he DMs me about them, so I hear about these bad takes. I'm like I don't know what to tell you, Brad. I I can't tell you to just ignore them because those are you know <laughs> you know those are people who read what you do. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's tough. It's tough. But uh, but I I do appreciate what you do, Brad. Just just wanted to let you know. Uh, no, I, mean, I really appreciate that. You know, you don't have to say that, and uh, I thank you for coming on. And I thank you for saying all that. And uh, I also learn from guys on, on my Peachtree Hoop staff that are smarter than I am, like people like Glenn Willis, who like coached basketball and knows a lot of things. Uh, they teach me. So, anyway, I really appreciate you coming on. As always, my friend, uh, everybody should be following Tyler if not already. Uh, we'll be back again, probably not till next week at this point, as you're listening to this, because I am uh, I'm traveling for a day or two here. But uh, if there's emergency news, I'll always be here. Um, And yeah, subscribe, tell a friend. We'll see you next time.